I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A malibu.com, code GLOW. for another Vaughan boundary. <laughs> well, he's a great fieldsman. Philip Tuffner, he often falls over and he's brought it into his batting as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Vaughan and Tuffers Cricket Club podcast brought to you by The Telegraph. Ben Wright, Michael Vaughan and Phil Tufnell back with you ahead of England's five-match test series in India. It has been 12 long years since the touring side has achieved a series win in India. But the good news for England fans is that it was an Alistair Cook-led side that last did the trick back in 2012. What are the chances of McCullum and Stokes etching their names into history over the next eight weeks? We'll be heading over to Hyderabad in a bit to check in with the Telegraph's chief cricket correspondent Nick Holt. He'll give us the latest news from both camps, including the absence of Virat Kohli, who has confirmed he'll miss the first two tests due to personal orders. Morning, Mike. Morning, Phil. Except not morning for you, Mike, because you're in Australia, so it's uh, a little bit later for you there. Yeah, half ten. Half ten at night, uh, Tuesday evening in Sydney. Uh, down in uh, I, I call it Coogee apparently it's called Coogee but you know C-O-O-G so I, I think it's pronounced Oom um, yeah so I'm down in the Coogee down in uh, Sydney uh, had a nice day a bit of uh, fitness a bit of walking the Coogee to Bondi walk so always a, a pleasure uh, you seem to be doing that walk bash- every, every day I was, I was following you on social media and you're you're doing that walk every day well Ben the test match finishing well, it was, it was the shortest test match of all time at the Adelaide Oval, 185 overs. So it's never been a, a shorter game. So I was released from Adelaide early. Uh, so I've been in Sydney. I just hanging around, just doing a. I feel like I, I may as well do the war because the days are quite long here. And uh, big bash final on Wednesday night down here in uh, Sydney. Uh, I'll do that, and then I. I you know, the Western has got they got hammered at the Adelaide Oval. It's a real sad state that the Western is uh, test yeah. team are in debutants and. Uh, the lack of um, real quality in the side—it's not—it's not anything that they um, 
can do much about. It's just the system in the West Indies. The ICC probably taking their eye off the ball in terms of the, the, the wealth spreading across the game. There's been lots talking about that. But uh, they now have to go and face the pink ball in Brisbane awesome. on a green top That's with the cool. clouds around. I think there's a cyclone arriving in Brisbane. Um, and Mitchell Stark, I, I, I kind of got sense. I think he averages 14 with the pink ball. Um, so I don't think he's going to get any easy for the West Indies over here in Australia. Uh, Mike, what about that knock, what was it, for the brown, for the heat? Unbelievable, wasn't it? Yeah, 140 off 50, 70, at 12, 6, he's 10, 4s. Uh, from nowhere, he's, he's only ever got 150 yeah. in uh, Big Bash. And, and, and <laughs> if you like, in the semi-final, he decides to go out and have a night out. Um, yeah, he's an old school, Phil. Yeah. What would you describe it as? Um, if I, I, wouldn't say he's a, I wouldn't say he's a farmer, but <laughs> he is a farmer. <laughs> Agric- ag- agricultural. Oh, if it's in if it's in his ark, it's all he gives it. He, he, he gives it the full Monty. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey guys, obviously we are uh, building up to England's tour oh. in India. Um, gets the juices flowing, doesn't it? And uh, a tour of India. Um, Ashes down under is obviously a big one, but do you think do you think touring touring India is above it? It's the sort of cricketing Everest. I, I think it's the biggest challenge for sure. Mm. I mean, endurance, atmospheres, everything that comes with touring India, pitches, skill sets, everything. You've got to be right on top of your game. Um, yeah, I think it probably is the biggest challenge. And if you can come away for, with winning a, a five test series from India, I mean, it's a huge feather in your cap. Um, I think it is probably a little bit trickier than, than Australia. What do you reckon, Mike? Yeah, I, I mean, uh, you think about that uh, victory that England had there in 2012, and because the Ashes is always the, the pinnacle of our conversations in the UK, yeah. I have that that victory in 2012 as, as possibly, in my time, the best overseas victory that England have ever had. Yeah. You know, in, in my time, I'm talking from the, like the 90s through to the early 2000s. I mean, England won here in 2010-11, that's down under. And that was a great achievement. But that was when, you know, England were very, very good. The Australians were going for a bit of transition. In 2012, for England to win in India, it's the only time England, have, uh, India have been beaten yeah. in the last however many years at home. Um, yeah, it's the hardest challenge. Um, you just know over five matches. I, I guess in, in three matches, you could get a bit lucky. Uh, in five matches, there's yeah. no luck required. It's purely about the, the skill levels, Um England have got an incredible task. And I'm, yeah. I'm intrigued. I mean, I've been in Australia for two months and we've had a Pakistan series. We've got the West Indies series uh, taking place now. Everyone is talking about this England versus India series because of basketball and how how are the basketballers uh, go and play their aggressive, um, you know, flamboyant, uh, brave cricket on spinning wickets against an Indian side that we, we just know are very, very difficult to beat at home. I'm intrigued to know how the basketballers are going to go over the few weeks. Yeah, so that I mean, so that's the million-dollar question, isn't it? Do you, do you, do you think basketball can work in India? I, I think for this England team, it's the way that they can play and be be be. Um, uh, England, India are favourites by a, a decent margin, but I think the way that England have played in the last eighteen months. If you go back to when it started. They then went to Pakistan. Uh, they won there. They went to New Zealand. Won that first test. Should have won the second. They made them follow on. Didn't quite get it over the line. Um, you know, the first day against Australia, Ez Baston blew the Aussies away. Uh, I thought England were a better team in the Ashes series. Didn't quite 
obviously win, but I thought they were a better team. Um, I, I do think for, for this England group, I think it's the best way that they can play. Yeah, yeah all true. Active. Um, what's and I'll ask Phil, what's the what's the the riskiest way of playing? Is it trying to play the attritional way to about 120 overs to get 350? Yeah. Or is it playing the England basketball way, which is to basically say we're going to score at 4.55 runs and over and try and bat 60, 65 overs to get 300, 330 on a wicket that we know in India it's going to spin. Yeah. I just think the way that this team have played and the DNA of this side is to try and score at 4.55. So he's basically saying we don't need to bat as long. We're yeah. going to take more risk. Yeah. But I think for this, Group of England players, yeah. I think it's it's almost a safer way, if you know what I mean. If, if yes. this England group try to play attritionally with men round the bat and try and nerdle it for two two point threes, two point fours, and over, I think they'd get out anyway. Yeah, you've always got Mike. You've always got your name on one of them when it starts spinning, and the likes of Jajaja and uh, Ashwin are going to be bowling. So I, I think you're right, but I think then also that they've got the just. Think about conditions as well. It's not going to be going, you know, sideways from ball one. If if England win a couple of tosses and bat first, mm. they've got to think to themselves, come on, let's let's get ourselves a score. Let's get ourselves a score. So don't give it away from that. But I make you right. I think the best way about them going about doing that is to go out there and look to be positive, but without being reckless. You know, the best way to put pressure back onto a spin bowler. I mean, we're forgetting about Yasmit Bumrah here and Shami and all that. So they've got to get over the seamers as well. But the best way of putting pressure on a spin bowler is to come at him, and that is for sure. But you can't come at him reckless. You've got to find your shots. You've got to find your areas. And you've got to then put the pressure back onto the field and create gaps and new, you know, manipulate the field and what have you. So I think that England will play the same way. and it, But it's just whether they can just temper that by just just sort of getting hold of the situation they're in at the same time. Yeah, uh, uh, you know, if you go back to the Ashes, the first couple of games, you know, you go back to West Bass and then you go to Lords, they play so aggressively in them and they almost allowed, you know, you go back to the bouncer theory at Lords where England just kept on playing the pull shot, get out. That cost them the test. You go back to West Bass in the second innings when Nathan Lyon was bowling around the wicket. He didn't have any fielders around the bat and they got out of Pfeiffer. Yeah. Now you go back to the, the late end of the Ashes series, particularly at the Oval, Old Trafford, where they played great and the field was spread, and England just played normal cricket shots and they were scoring at fives without taking any risk. Now I'll be intrigued to see what India do. Will India keep the field up or will they yeah. spread the field? Now, if they sp- look, England will take risks, and if the risks work and they get the field spread, my belief is are they smart enough to realise they've taken the risk? And Absolutely. then they can just knock it. Yeah. And if, if they do, if they can get 400s, 450s. If they continue to say high risk against Axel Patel, Ashwin, Jadeja, Umbra, they will continue, they will get bought out for 250 continuously. Yeah. And that won't be, that won't be, it won't be enough against India. And 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 Mike, how 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 key, how key is Root in striking that balance? Because he's obviously the best player of spin. Absolutely. And we, we got a sense in the early basketball that he was... Oh, Trying to be as aggressive as all the other the batsmen. Um, he what we want is Root playing like Root, right? Uh, ben, I, I actually going to come. Up, I want Root to play Root ball. <laughs> root ball, yeah. Root ball, root which beer. is root the, beer. Is, is, is averaging over fifty in Test cricket playing Root ball, which is the way that Joe Root's played. Yeah. Now, 
Joe doesn't need to play like Ben Duckett because Ben Duckett will be ultra-aggressive. Yeah. He'll be reverse sweeping, sweeping. You know, you look at, I think Johnny Bairstow doesn't need to play much differently than he plays. You know, when he when he got, I think it was Nathan Lyon at uh, Edge Bay, he played that reverse sweep at LBW. I was like, Johnny, what are you doing? You don't need to do that. So if England can can have two or three of them just playing normally, you know, you go back to when India won, uh, England won that first test last time that they toured there and Joe Root got a double century. Yes, the pitch was flat. It, it, it didn't do a great deal, but Joe just played Joe's way. Yeah. It was on the back of him playing great in track. It, you could argue that Joe Root's England's greatest ever player is spin. You could argue, probably with Graham Gooch. And the reason why he is, is because he knows how to occupy the crease, rotate the strike, and he's got options to hit the boundary when he needs to. Now, if he takes the ultra risk and tries to play the bath ball way and he gets out playing too aggressively, I would say he just doesn't need to do that. If Rudy plays root ball, I, I think he can be the glue. And then yeah. around that, you're going you're gonna to have five crackers. You're going to have Zach Crawley playing shots, Ben Duckett playing shots. Ollie Pope's a bit of a, you know, he, he, he likes to get on with it as well. And he dances down to the spinners, which is fine. But I just think the number four in Joe Root, he, he just needs to play the way that he's always played. And if he does that, he could get the big scores. And he could be that kind of solid glue for the team. And if he, if he is, as uh, Phil says, and they win the, the right tosses, yep. they can be very, very competitive in India. Yeah. And also, also, Mike, if, in India, if you get off to a good start and you're, let's say, 100 for one, and then someone comes, you know, as you say, dancing down the track, gets a good one, and you're 100 for two, that can so quickly, such a good in India could all of a sudden and, it, and if everyone keeps coming in and running down and missing it you could be 150 for 7 so they've got to they've got to realise they've got to realise when they've got into that position of strength and as you say if you keep bowling the spinner it, it's it's hot it's hard work out there it's hard work for the Indian spinners as well you know I've, I just seem to think when I've seen England play and bat and sides bat against India they're such masters of their own conditions but when you Ooh. get in do not give it away, you know, and that is sometimes by the sweeps, the reverse sweeps, that's fine and being positive. But then also sometimes it's just about sucking up a little bit of pressure, getting over that period and knocking it around. Next thing you know, you've got yourself a decent score and you're right in the game. Very difficult to get a decent score in India of, let's say, 300 for 400. That, that, that they're going to have to realise the gears. And they're going to have to realise, and they will take risks early because that's the way England play. But once they've taken that risk, yeah, are they going to be smart enough to realise that they don't have to take more ultra risks? Absolutely, just knock it around. Do you know what you do then? The Ashwins and Judaisers, they'll go. Oh, England are playing set. We'll bring the field back in, and then you go again. Then you go again. You go over the top, and you play your sweeps and reverse sweeps, and you get them spread again. And you know, look, like, when winning the one there in two thousand and twelve, Peterson played the most incredible knocking one by it was ultra great. It was the basketball way. Alistair Cook didn't know one. Graham Swan. Yeah, but Graham Swan and then Monty Palisar. But Alistair Cook was that attritional glue. Yeah. He was the glue of that team. And then they, they won in Calcutta. It was a different styling than uh, performance. A bit more attritional. Jimmy Anderson got it reverse swinging. I don't think you win in India over five test matches just playing one way. No. I don't no. think basketball will win a five-match series in India playing just the basketball way. I think they're going to have to go up and down the gears and play smart at times. Yeah. So, so on that, I mean, the big news coming out of the England camp in recent days is obviously that Harry Brook has headed home for personal reasons. Now, it's, he's a great player. It's a big blow. Uh, Dan Lawrence has been called up to replace him. And there are question marks over whether Brook will rejoin the tour. But does it perversely 
mean that the starting lineup might be a bit more balanced and ha will have that range of gears that you're talking about? Well, I, I mean, Harry Brook, for a start off, probably the second best player has been behind Joe Root, so he will be a miss, that's for sure. But, I mean, it, it does get rid of that awkward conversation with Johnny Bairstow, doesn't it? Because folks is going to keep, Johnny Bairstow's going to bat probably five or six or whatever, and um, and, and that. But Johnny Bairstow, listen, he's he's played in Hyderabad, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's beat some of these England sides. You know, they've, they've, they've played in these sort of situations. They've played at these grounds. It's a shame. Harry Brook, I think, played at the Hyderabad as well, didn't he? So he, he would know these situations. So Harry Brook going home is a loss for England. But I, I kind of make you right that it does slightly just enable a bit more of a balanced side to be played. But I mean, big loss for England. Yeah, I, I, I think he's a huge loss, Ben. I, I just think Brook, I mean, you, you go back to Pakistan, or I, I would say Pakistan didn't have a, a world-class spinner. Um, but the way that he played on the Pakistan wickets was was magnificent. Um, it always happens, you know, when you've got that, that kind of dubious selection decision to make, Johnny Bairstow over Harry Brook or Ben Folks, who's going to be playing? Wow. <laughs> Something always seems to be the case. It's obviously a, a hugely un unfortunate incident, but... Uh, I do think you need your best keeper. You know, yeah. when, you, when, you, when, you, when you're out in India and the ball's spinning around, your keepers more often than not stood up to some, even to the seamers at times, uh, you have to take your chances. I, look, I, I've been down in Australia and Pakistan, they could have beaten Australia here. If they'd have, if they'd have caught here in Australia, Pakistan could have caused a huge, a, a huge shock down under. And catching is becoming more and more important, particularly, um, you know, particularly in India where, you know, you, you can't give a Rohit Sharma a chance. You can't give a Shubman Gill a chance. So England's catching is going to be absolutely pivotal. I think that they're, they're right in going with the best keeper. Uh, and I also actually think Ben Folks is a nice style batter. Yeah, absolutely. Because he plays, you know, we're talking about going up and down in the gears. You know, if Joe can play sensibly at four and you've got Ben Folks coming in at seven, that's a little bit more sensible. Yeah. And in and around, you've got... Well, I think Ben Stokes is a sensible play. He plays the situation really well as well. But, you know, in and around this basketball approach, I've always looked at the England side and thought, if you can get one or two of the, you know, when I think it was Ben last year, he said, oh, Alistair Cook will get into this team because they don't play the right way. Absolute nonsense. <laughs> Alistair yeah. Cook is absolutely the style of player that England need. Yeah. And maybe a Ben folks at seven is absolutely the style of batter yeah. as well as the keeper that England needs. So, um, maybe they stumbled across uh, what could be the right uh, eleven for England. Yeah, he's a more measured player at seven as well, isn't he? You know what I mean. And in keepers, they're always good players. They're always good players of spin. I think he got. Did he get a couple of hundreds in Sri Lanka? We well, certainly got a hundred yeah. in Sri Lanka. So he knows his way around how to play spin on spinning pitches. All wicket keepers do. You've got to play the keeper. There's going to be a lot of spin bowled. Um, there's going to be different different sort of degrees of spin, the ball's going to be bouncing, the ball's going to be keeping low. You've got to be fit, you've got to be agile, and you've got to take the catches and the stump picks. One thing about Harry, I'm disappointed that he has gone home. I mean, obviously we feel for him and I hope everything's okay and what have you. But I mean, he is sort of the Bazball poster boy, isn't he, really? Yeah, He's yeah. sort of come in, you know, this is the way we look to do it sort of thing. So, yeah, it's going to be a great shame that he's not going to be there to test his skills. Phil, can I ask you a question about Jack Leach? Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I'm not too bothered about England preparing in, in Abu Dhabi. I think that there's a performance centre there. You can prepare your pitches. I think a lot of these teams that go overseas now, 
you don't get the opposition, you don't get the pitch that you can play and so I kind of get it. But Jack Leach has been out of the side for a long time. He's going to have to bowl a huge amount of overs in the next few weeks. He looks fit, but how hard is that as a spinner, knowing that, to be honest, for England to win in, in, in India, Jack Leach is going to have to have a, a magnificent tour. Got to be top wicket taker, Mike. How hard is that when you've not played any cricket to get thrown the ball and say, come on, Jack, bowl us 30 on day one. And by the way, you might need to bowl 15 on day two. And you might even have to bowl another 20 on day three and do yeah. it again the week after. Well, he's going to be throwing the ball, Mike, and he's almost going to be saying, well, come on. You know, I mean, they, people never say it, do they? They always say, come on, we're not going to be putting you against Jadeja and so-and-so's not going up against, you know, against Ashwin. But you are, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you've got to try and, first of all, get rid of that from your mind. But you're right. I mean, he hasn't played a lot of cricket. He's fine and he's been doing it in the nets. Um, you know, I'm sure he's been bowling in the nets and he's ready, but it is going to be difficult. It's it's more of a, I don't think it's a fitness thing. I think it's more of a mental thing. And it's if he starts well, and, you, and, and as you know, Mike, you know, if you get off to a flyer and you get those first 10 or 15 overs in and you get into a good rhythm, you, you perhaps get a wicket or two, I think that all then comes flooding back. But what he's got to be careful if he's going around, I think that this is where Ben Stokes' captaincy is going to come into it a lot. Mm-hmm. How does it? When does he? When does he bowl the spinners? You know, are there different? You know, fields. You know, just to ease him into it a little bit and things like that. I think that's going to be crucial. How you manage the spin bowlers because there's nothing worse as a spin bowler than you know the bowlers bowl three or four overs each and then you're throwing the ball and they go off and have a cruise round and it's sort of like go on lads, it's up to you. So as a as a left arm spinner yourself, the basketball ways to keep the field up, you know. And one of the reasons why Jack's had success in the Ben's captaincy is that he's kept the field up and he, that was when he was bowling really well, you know, and playing a lot of cricket. Would you advise Ben Stokes for the for the first spell or two? Take your medicine, Ben, and don't try and be bad bowling all the time and just say to Jack Lee, just let him get into the first few hours. Maybe put mid-off back. Yeah. Maybe put cover point on the boundary. Just let him get a few hours under his belt. Yeah, they always, absolutely, especially when he's been out of test cricket for so long. And I think Ben, the, the, I've been so impressed with Ben Stokes' captaincy so far. I think you have as well, Mike. You know what I mean? Is that, mm. Not only does he sort of like know where all the positions are, which is good for a start, <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, he, he also gets into the brain of the bowler a little bit as well. And he gives him a lot of confidence in that. So I think that that's going to be a huge part of how he manages his spin bowling. It's not like, come on, we're going to keep them all up. You just keep bowling and you keep getting whacked. That don't work over in India. You've got to... You've got to move with the the way that the batsmen are playing you as well. Mm-hmm. And so that's going to be a big task. But I think Ben's up for it. He's, he's a shrewd captain, but he also... He knows the way a spin bowler is feeling as well. They always used to say to me, it's easier, you know, it's easier to bring them in as a spin bowler than to take them out. Because as soon as you start taking them out, you know, you start going, oh God, we're on top here a little bit. So give him a little bit of a breather, get him back into the feel of test match cricket, and then you can go through your, go through your tactics. And Phil, can I can I ask about the the spinners that we've taken out there? Because obviously Jack Leach, once he was fit, he was a given. Um, but the other spinners, we've got Rayan Ahmed out there, and then two uncapped finger spinners. We've got Tom Hartley and Sher Bashir. Sher Bashir, we understand, is having some trouble uh, getting into the country, and uh, we, we might talk to Holty about that when uh, when he's on a little bit later. 
Um, but were you surprised they didn't pick, for example, Liam Dawson? Um, I mean, I, I was just looking at his figures. He got 49 wickets in the county championship last year at, at 20. Hartley got 19 at nearly 45. Plus Dawson, Dawson was averaging 40 with the bat. Now, I know, you know, county yeah. championship in England, completely different to playing test cricket in India. But do you think he 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 deserved a shout? And and what about Will Jackson, Liam Livingston? They were obviously the spinning all-rounders in Pakistan. Yeah, I, I think that Liam Dawson can feel a little bit hard done by. But this is this sort of Stokes and McCullum way, isn't it? They like to pick these sort of like guys and, and, and a little bit out of nowhere and give them a chance. The one attributes that they've both got is that they're both tall bowlers and they both look to run in and hit the pitch sort of like with the angle coming down. You don't need a lot of flight and guile in India. Look how Monty, Mike mentioned it in 2012, Monty and Swanee, they both run up, good pace, little bit of dip, but just sort of fire it in on that sort of like off stump, middle and off stump, and, and let the pitch do the work. So yeah. these two guys are those kind of bowlers. They've kind of picked a style of bowler more than perhaps looking at his stats of who does well. Like Axel Patel. That Tom Hartley is a very similar kind of bowler to Axel Patel. Tall, you know, bit of a one-day bowler, will run up, hit your areas, and let the pitch do the pitch do the work. So I think that I think that they I think that they will play a part. Both of those. I've been hearing some great um sort of like noises coming back from about Bashir as well. Uh, so, yeah, they might have fallen on just the right kind of blend there. I think that Rayan will probably play. And I think you see Jack Leach and Rayan Ahmed with Joe Root doing a little bit of backup bowling for them. But it's just whether Ahmed will give you that control. If it's spin second innings, lovely. Give him his go. He's going to go for a few fours. He's going to bowl a few full tosses. He's going to bowl a few short balls. But he is going to get you those wickets. But you do need, in order to get to that position in India, you do need a little bit of holding. And if you're only playing two seamers, that you know that's going to be what they're doing in their thinking in their mind. Yeah, I mean, I just think Ben Stokes's lack of bowling may cost England. Oh. Yeah, that third team option. I, I just think the balance looks so much better when, when Ben's bowling. But oh, it, it doesn't surprise me that you know, how many times are we going to mention that county stats are all, <laughs> I'm not saying they're irrelevant, but they are irrelevant. You, yeah. You're picking different players for international cricket. Um, do I think that Tom Hartley can win England the series in India on a debut series? Probably not. You know, I think it's too hard a task. You go into the hardest place in the world to bowl to some of the best players that spin in the world. So I don't think if he gets again, we should be expecting him to win England the series. But can he do a roll and, and get two or three for? And yeah, he can get a few runs. Um, look, it's the, it's the hardest challenge that a team can go a, a, and try and produce magic. You go back again to 2012, they had Graham Swan, who was world-class. Monty Panasaurus, Phil mentioned on spinning pitches, where India got it wrong in 2012 when they were one up in the series, they went to Mumbai. No idea why they produced a ragamuffin there. No <laughs> idea. If India play on flat wickets in this series that don't do a great deal for the spin, India win. It's yeah. I, I, I can guarantee India will win. You, you mentioned have... that in your column. You mentioned that in your column this week. You said that India would be it, making a huge mistake if they prepare pitches that the spin from the get-go. It becomes a leveller, right? Well, like, I'm just being honest. Judas is a better spinner than Jack Leach. Ashwin's un un undoubtedly probably 
in the world of cricket, the best spinner. Yeah. With, so with they don't Nathan need Lott. helpful. They don't need helpful wickets, is your point? Axel Patel again. I, I'm, he's probably better than Jack Leach. So they've got three spinners that are better than our spinners. They've got a batting unit that will lack Virat Kohli, but they've still got Shreyas Iyer, KL Rahul, Shubman Gill, Rohit Sharma, Yudhaja, who's getting double hundreds. Ashwin will come in at number eight and get hundreds. You know, they've got better batters. They've got seamers in the likes of Bunra, Siraj. Shami won't play the start, but probably play at the back end, who in Indian conditions are better than England seamers. Yeah. Now, why would you prepare any wickets that would bring an opposing side into play yeah. on the toss? You know, India are making a huge mistake if they do that. If they play a good pitch and it's a flat wicket, I just think India win. But if they're allowing them back into the game because of the surface, I think England will be licking their lips. I honestly do. I think they'll be licking the lips. And, you know, you go back to, you know, Joe Root in the last tour, that Ahmedabad pitch. I mean, it was a shock. We've prepared pitches in the UK that haven't been great. And there's other pitches around the world before the Indians start lambasting us. But yeah. that pitch back in Ahmedabad was a dust ball. It was a beach. Joe Root got five for eight, as you yes. mentioned. <laughs> now, if they prepare pitches like that, I think England have a chance. Anything could happen. If they prepare pitches that are there to last four and five days, I honestly think England will get beaten. And I think they'll get beaten quite convincing because the quality that I mentioned will come through. Um, England will be hoping, and I've seen the the press comments that they're saying it's going to spin on day one. If it is, I think England have got a sniff because they bat first and they bat with half half a brain and play aggressively at the right times and with a bit of smartness and they get 350-400 which you can do by first in India they have a great chance of, of causing a shock but um, the quality from and, and I think it was in the World Cup final Mohamed Cave said that the best team on paper didn't win the World Cup final because he was saying India had the best team on paper yeah. now the best team on paper in this test series is India India should win this series but England and this bad ball approach is is hard to play against. And if India aren't prepared and aren't realistic to understand that this this method has actually worked for England, it's it kind of shocked a lot of teams around the world in the last eighteen months. Oh, did it? It could it could shock India. It really could. And I think England's best chance of winning is this week. I really do. I think this is the week that England can cause a shot. There's no virat. And I just think England come out and play aggressively. Play. With the, the 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 bravery and I can and, and Baz McClellan's right. They, they might not be the best team on paper, but he said he wants them to be the bravest team. Yeah. To play test cricket, if they do that, they could cause a shock this week. Uh, we're joined now by uh, Nicholas Holt. Nick Holt. You can call me Nicholas if you like. You can call me Nicholas if you like. I don't mind. I'll call you Nicholas if you're poorly behaved. But we'll we'll go with Nick. <laughs> Um, but you're you're in India. You're in Hyderabad. Uh, I mean, I suppose the first thing is, uh, have you have you had a chance to have a look at the pitch and what's the weather like? Uh, it was. I've been here eleven hours actually. Um, we went straight to the ground, uh, more or less. Um, and uh, the weather is pretty pleasant actually. It's winter here, so it's uh, it was about twenty twenty two degrees at the ground. I mean, it will get up to about twenty eight probably. Uh, the high heat of the day, but it's not unbearable. Um, and there's no real humidity. Uh, compared to other parts of India. So that shouldn't really be too much of an issue for England. Um, the pitch, they it was open, they watered it this morning, but they were 
left it open to the elements today. It's very bare at both ends. Rahul Dravid in his press conference said he expects it to turn. Well, they're surprised. Um, <laughs> and um, and we, we, we were chatting to some of the England guys and one of them, one of the, I won't name him, but one of the very senior men said it's so difficult reading pitches in India. So, um, so we we wait and see with bated breath what the team will be. I suspect they'll go uh, with uh, two seamers and and three spinners, including Root. Was he being ironic? No, being <laughs> serious. Ah, it, okay. It, whether it's going to spin from ball one or ball two, you reckon? That's the difficult thing. In yeah, I think they they don't think England don't think it's going to be an absolute uh, sand pit. You know, I, I think they don't think it's going to be like some of the pitches they played on the uh, during the last tour, um, which they believe probably would bring them into the game a little bit more. Would bring the spin their spinners into the game a bit more. Okay, well, that's a worry. Um, and have you have you spoken to McCullum? Have you got a sort of readout of um, what the camp was like in the UAE? Whether how optimistic he's feeling? Uh, yeah, I mean, he spoke yesterday actually before before we arrived, um, but with his usual uh, positive self, you know, talking about this as being a massive opportunity for the players. That India is like a second home to him, so he knows conditions actually really well. So I was being a bit unfair there, but he, he wasn't actually looking at the pitch today. But he he, he scored a double hundred in Hyderabad. I mean, he knows the conditions better than most. So um, yeah, he was and uh, uh, he was talking up the players, the spinners. Uh, Everybody being his, 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 his infectious kind of self, really. And how about Stokes? Have you have you got sight of him? I know that McCullum was sort of talking up his fitness, saying he looked like a greyhound. Uh, have you seen him? Is he uh, is he walking with a limp, or is he uh, is he fully fit? Uh, no, he, he looks he looks really really trim. Actually, he was doing a lot of uh, sprint shuttles uh, by the side of the pitch this morning, um, batting in the nets. Uh, looked. Looked very, very fit, and I've seen him for a long time because actually the knee operation has allowed him to get back to training, and he loves training. So uh, he, he will not bowl in this series. I think that's pretty much uh, understood from by him and, and, and England. So we won't see that until the summer. Uh, but yeah, he looks he looks weird. And to be fair, they all do. I, I don't know whether the whip has been cracked or whether they just realise that. You know, they had to knuckle down a bit more after the ashes in the summer, but they do all look pretty trim and really fit. Uh, Holtie, tough as here, mate. Um, what's the atmosphere like over in, in India? Is it building nicely or is it a little bit low-key, sort of now Coley sort of saying he's not playing for the first two tests? Uh, I, I think that's that is definitely going to have a little bit of an impact. Uh, I don't know what the crowd will be like. That will be interesting. Uh, the stadium is in the city. That does help probably bring some of the the crowds in um a lot of the world cup warnings were still up at the ground so I, there's no real sense that, that a massive test series is about to start um but we've got the bcci cricket awards here tonight actually at this hotel and that will be beamed all across india that's probably going to be the the sort of launch uh some of the england guys have been invited and will, will be there um Kohli's story was obviously leading back page of the Hindu this morning and, and the time times of India. Um so yeah, it, it, I think it will it will it will certainly build as as a series, as well when the test series starts and probably when Rohit sorts tomorrow. Yeah. Uh I'll, I'll you, on England's side, um you mentioned two seamers. Which of the two seamers do you expect? And and the batting order, what what do you think England will go in terms of the batting lineup? Well, I think Pope will bat three, uh, Johnny will bat five. Um, uh, Stoke six, Pope seven. Uh, I think that that you know, with the, the 
obviously Corley, Duckett and Roos in their usual positions. Suspect they'll go Anderson and Wood. Uh, Wood spoke today. It's not always a guarantee that they're going to play, but it's usually a, a, a sign. Um, sometimes they throw a curveball, not by putting them up and lulling us into <laughs> false sense of security. But um, I suspect they'll go Wood and, and, and Anderson. Jimmy bowled well in the nets today. He looked good. He looked sharp. He was beating the bat. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think that'll, that'll probably be the team that Stokes probably feels more, most comfortable with. But I hold to. I mean, you, you you mentioned the fitness uh, and and maybe it was World Cup Ashes where you know many pointed the finger at the lack of uh, England's kind of professionalism. I've seen a picture of Jimmy Anderson and and I mean Baz mentioned that uh, Ben Stokes looks like a greyhound. Um, <laughs> Jim, Jimmy looks like he could beat Ben Stokes in a greyhound. He looks lean. <laughs> yeah. He do. <laughs> I, honestly, they all do. I, it's uh, not that they were big before, but you know that they have definitely, uh, definitely trimmed down. Yeah, are they on tablets or is it juice diets? What they've been doing? I suspect they're laying off the, uh, the some of the beers. I think that might be one of the uh, things that's been going on a bit. I think that they've been perhaps cutting down on some of those unnecessary carbs. Some would say the one thing they will not want for here though is food because they're the chef. They've got their chef with them and oh. last night. Nice. First night, first night he made a big impression. He did a carvery with roast potatoes oh. and Yorkshire pudding oh. for all the lads. First oh. night, what a shout! We had Bob Bennett, our manager, in the change room making corned beef sandwiches when we was over there in '92. Unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the tin corned beef cake. It was pot noodles and corned beef we had in the change room for lunch. Just on the chef, I mean, I'm out here in Australia, and apparently in the uh, the World Cup. There was about six of the Australian players. They they took their own chef as well. It wasn't a group, like the whole team taking a chef. Um, there was about six Australian players. So um, this kind of, I think they got a bit of stick about a couple of weeks ago. England announced that they were taking the chef. It is just the norm. The Aussies in the World Cup, they won the World Cup. Uh, they also had a chef in India. But no, one of the Indian players had two chefs at the World Cup, just for a bit of one-upmanship. Oh, really? Yeah, must must have had a pastry chef. <laughs> and which which player was that? I can't actually remember who it was, but I I think it may have been Hardik Pandya. Oh, lovely! Yeah, that's enough. That's enough. That's it. Hardik Pandya, you got two chefs. And Holti, have you heard uh, what the latest is with Shoa Bashir? Because we understand that he he had visa issues getting getting from the UAE and into India. Yeah, the situation has escalated for him and for England because they had hoped that he'd arrive today. Uh, but it turns out that he's now having to go from the UAE to the UK to get his uh, visa stuck in his passport uh, and approved, presumably, at the Indian High Commission in London before joining the England tour. And he... They don't expect him probably to arrive much before the weekend. So, obviously, he's not going to play in the first test. Uh, probably won't play in the second test either for that reason, because he, he, he won't have had much time to acclimatise and, and they'll be setting their, their, their pattern with the team. Ben Stokes talked about it today. You know, frustration as a captain, not being able to pick a player who would impress them in the nets in the UAE. Um, you wouldn't rule it, put it past the, these guys to throw him in. You know, that's the kind of, yeah. kind of thing that they do. Um and also, you know, Ben was just feeling really sorry for him that his first experience of playing for England is this going on at England tour and being sent home. They now I just checked they announced the squad on December the eleventh. And and is there any indication from the uh England team about what the problem was? Why there was a problem specifically with Sher Bashir's um visa? Well, I it's because of his Pakistan 
heritage. Now, Ray and Ahmed has obviously got Pakistani heritage as well, but the difference between the two is that Rayan was on standby for the World Cup. So England sorted out his visa for the World Cup. Because he wasn't called up, he could still use that visa to, to come here. So he's not had the same problem. But Shoei Bashir, they obviously started the process, presumably as soon as they named the squad, and... Um, and they've still not been sorted out. And yeah, he's having to he's having to fly back to the UK. That does seem like an absolutely extraordinary situation. I, I think it's outrageous. I honestly do. Colin just said that the squad was announced on December the 11th. This is a young guy that's been picked for his country for the first time. He's played a little bit of cricket for Somerset. He's an, an exciting talent. He goes to Abu Dhabi on the provider that he's going to do 10 days preparation he gets on a plane and he's going to go to India potentially to play his first test in Hyderabad he bowls well in Abu Dhabi and then the day that the, the, the plane's leaving to go in he gets told oh, I'm sorry he can't get on he has no idea that this is going to be the case while he's in Abu Dhabi training preparing impressing the England management whispers are that he's impressed so much that he could have had a chance of playing his first test match in Abu I don't know whether that's right or wrong but I think it's absolutely outrageous. This this tour party was picked on December the 11th. And you've got a young guy now that has to now fly back to the UK to sort it out. What is that doing for the young kid? You know, this is happening quite a bit. It happened to Osman Khawaja when he was flying to India as well. I, I, oh. I'll probably keep my counsel dry at the minute, but I, I just think it's absolutely outrageous that a young player has gone through that and he goes to Abu Dhabi and he sees a group of his teammates getting on a plane and he can't get on the plane with them. Madness. Yeah, yeah. And it seems a bit tough on the young fella. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Uh, right, uh, good to hear from Halsey there. But it seems like uh, a bit of a, a bit of a mess with the with the issue around Bashir's visa. What what were your guys' thoughts on that? Just feel sorry for the lad, don't you, Mike? You know, his first experience of you know he would have built this up in his mind. You know, the excitement levels would have been going up and up and up, and then it's just sort of like, oh blimey, what's going on here? He, he, his mind must be all over the place. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 as I said before, I, I just can't understand that these these tour parties were picked on December the 11th so he's then got on a plane with the team to go and prepare in Abu Dhabi and as the team are getting on the plane to go to Windham he's not allowed to go on then then he's probably kept in Abu Dhabi thinking he, he'll get sorted he'll go to India from Abu Dhabi and now he's got to fly back to London yeah 
think it's outrageous. Yeah, it's definitely a mess. Um, now, one thing I wanted to ask you guys, I mean, obviously there's been a lot of talk about the future of Test cricket in recent months. So do, do you think there's a chance that this could be the last time we see England playing a five-test series in India? Well, that's a good question. Um, I, was... uh, I did an interview recently. I, I think the, the world game has to accept that and understand that we, we love Test cricket. You know, we're all Test cricket diehards, but you know the way that the wealth is spread around the world in terms of the ICC handouts. You look at the West Indies here; they've come here to Australia with seven debutants. They played three in the first Test match. The majority of the West Indies players, understandably, choosing franchise twenty twenty leagues over Test cricket because that's where they can earn their money. Now, until the ICC start handing out the money more fairly, and if the ICC can't trust that they send money to these parts of the world and it's going to be spent wisely. Well, surely they have enough power and enough personnel to be able to position their own people around the world so they know exactly where the money's being spent. Um, I honestly think until all the boards around the world come together and identify a few months of a window where test cricket is only played. So I believe that there should be a three-month window every single year and you can decide upon where cricket is played around those three months. It could be six weeks in England, uh, six weeks in, in Australia, South Africa, New Zealand, Abu Dhabi, Dubai, India, wherever it is. I'm not asking for a great deal. It, I don't think we'll ever get to five months and seven months. I think three months of purely test match cricket where every single team, and I want two tiers, so six of the top six in Division 2, and you all play 10 test matches a year, and that's both men's and women's. And around that time, there's no franchise leagues around the world. There's no white ball cricket. It's just the world watching test match cricket. If they really want to save Test Match Cricket, I think that's the way to go about it. If they don't want to save Test Match Cricket, come out and tell us. Except that the game's moved on to white ball cricket. Don't keep saying to us, Test Match Cricket's the pinnacle and do F all uh, about it. Uh, because as we sit here, in the next few years, there'll be more and more New Zealand cricketers that will leave the Test Arena because they don't get paid enough in comparison terms to England, Australia and India. We're already seeing it in Pakistan. Harris Ralph decided to not play Test cricket over here. We're seeing it in the West Indies. All the Bangladesh, Afghanistan, all these other teams around the world, Sri Lanka, all their players are choosing the white ball game because they can earn a lot more money. Until the powers that be, and it starts at the top of the ICB, do something about it. And the way that they can stop players, and not players have the right to choose where they want to play. But if you had a three-month test match window, there's no white ball cricket to play in that window, I will guarantee more and more people would play test match cricket for a little bit longer. And there'll be more of a chance that in three or four, five, six, seven years' time, we'll be sat here on this podcast saying, isn't test cricket great? Because more and more players are playing and we've got these windows where we're purely focused on test match cricket. If nothing happens, I will guarantee in a few years' time, we'll be sitting here going, it'd be like the Ryder Cup, England playing Australia. England played India because the other countries, look at what's happened to South Africa. South Africa yeah. have decided to keep all their best players at home for their T20 league and they're sending a second team to play New Zealand because they want to look after their own backyard to make their own money because they're not trusting that they're going to get the handouts from the ICC. The ICC are the only operation that can save. We can't. We can talk about it, but it's the ICC and the boards around the world that the ones that can really save it. Yeah. Are they committed to doing that? That's what I'll ask them. Otherwise, in 10 years' time, 
little Johnny's going to be going up and get, you know, Mummy, Daddy, what was that? What was that game that you all used to play? You're right. <laughs> when, yeah, it, when it lasted five days, he'll be gone in ten years. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and do you know what, Phil? Yeah, if that's the way that they want it to go, come out and tell us. Yeah. Oh, they're not brave enough to do that, are they? Don't say to us, Test cricket's the pinnacle. And I'll also say, the more I watch Test cricket, it should be a four-day game. Because not many test matches go to the fifth day. And when they say, oh, you don't get the overs in, it's a very simple procedure. Make them bowl the overs. You yeah. know, most 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 countries are run by pay-per-view subscription services. So it's, it's a sporting channel. You know, if you went to a 50-over game and in the second innings of a, of a run chase, you don't see the players walk off at six o'clock after 42 <laughs> overs. <do> you? <laughs> you don't do that. Where have we got five more overs left? <laughs> but, but, Phil, it's true. In test cricket, there's eight overs left. They, they fuck off. I'm like, it's the only format, test cricket, that yeah. continuously has bad light issues, ball issues, don't bowl the over issues, continuously being talked about as that the, we need something to, to, to happen to save it, and nothing happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Powers of B need to get a grip. How, how do you think the three months window would work? Would that be continuous? So, you know, three months in a block or were you broken up? Would it be in the summer in the Northern Hemisphere one year and in the summer of the Southern Hemisphere the next year? I, I just think you've got to be very flexible. Uh, I, I think now I, I, would, I wouldn't be against, for instance, the Boxing Day Test Match is a huge game at the MCG. It gets a huge amount of people. Obviously, that happens every year. Why can't you play another Boxing Day test in Australia? Yes, why can't India play Pakistan at the SCG on Boxing Day? You know, in our, in our summer, why is it that, you know, we, we, we could be playing an Ashes series. Why couldn't another series be happening in the UK? You know, I see all these other sports that travel the world. They have, like, these weekends of festivals. You know, the NRL are going to Vegas. What a trip that is, by the way. <laughs> going to Vegas. Um, you know, Cricket and test cricket in particular has to think out of the box. You know, there's there's areas of the world. So Bangladesh plays Sri Lanka in a test match. No one goes to watch. But it's still on television, so the product's still there. You know, could Bangladesh play Sri Lanka down at Somerset or at Bristol? You know, I, I'll guarantee you'll get three or 4,000 people. It'll be three or 4,000 people more than you get in Bangladesh and Sri Lanka. That's all, yeah, but it's not home conditions. But test, test cricket has to think out of the box to make it survive. If it carries on being the way that it has been in our time, it's gone. It's disappeared. And, and we'll be hor horribly th talking about a yeah. great game that has has done nothing to protect itself. And it's just died over many, many years because because it has. Yeah. You know, I've always said it's like a grade two listed building test match cricket. Um, no one dare do anything about it. You know, it, it's now time to go to the plaza and say, look, we've got to change the windows. You gotta let us have some different trendy windows. Oh, what a nice swimming pool! Yeah, those, those, those kind of, um, you know, the, the, the kind of tiles that you have on the great. We've got it. We need a flatter roof. You gotta <laughs> let us have a roof terrace. Come on, it's 2024. <laughs> right, that's all for today. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Phil, and a big thanks to Nick Holt for joining us. The three of us will be here every week throughout the series as England look to overcome arguably the toughest challenge in cricket and win away in India. Along the way, we'll be joined by some top guests and we'll be regularly checking in with Holsey. 
So if you're new to the podcast, welcome aboard and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes over the next eight weeks. But for now, until next time, goodbye.